what is the need for self realization are there any prerequisites to be a spiritual seeker can i do it <laughs> there is literally nothing to do if you want to gain something new then you have to do something there is literally nothing to do because you are that you are that it is not something to be gained in the future self realization is not a new event in your life ignorance you know ignorance of your own true state you don't see it because of ignorance your own natural state is that supreme state of being that itself is self realization knowing who you are being as you are that is self realization so there is no action that can lead to self realization because you are that nothing in the field of action or thought can give you something new it cannot bestow upon you the supreme state because the supreme state is beyond thought and action it is beyond the realm of name and form it is beyond space and time so nothing you do can lead to that but like i already said you are already that so what needs to be done what really self realization it is to be rid of the ignorance and that is it nothing new needs to be gained you know just to be rid of the ignorance of your own self to rid yourself of the ideas the doubts you have about your own natural state so the question what is the need for self realization well what is the need to wake up from a dream there is no need but the dream is not your true state it is an illusion and what did you gain by waking up you lost all the figurines of your dream all the stories you built up you have lost you know you might have been a king in the dream you lost your kingdom of dream but that doesn't seem to bother you because all the stories you built up that is unreal it was never real to begin with so it cannot be lost because it never existed in the first place in the same way self realization is just waking up to your true reality self realization is just waking up you lose the unreal and the real seems to have been gained but really it was never lost never hidden never not perceptible without that perfect being without that awareness without the witnessing consciousness there can be no mind there can be no life there can be no perception of the universe that is the essence of life so what are the prerequisites for a spiritual seeker 
and grace is ever present nothing is needed but just as in a mirror you cannot see your face clearly because of the dust accumulated so if there is a dirty mirror you cannot see your face with clarity you might not be dirty yourself you're clean but the mirror is dirty you know so you imagine yourself to be dirty you cannot see your reflection with clarity the same way your true self is not reflecting clearly in your consciousness so it is difficult to recognize yourself self is ever pure it is the reflection in the mind that is dirty it is the mirror it is the mind that reflects your true state that is dirty so all that is needed is to clean the mirror is to purify the mind purify your consciousness so that is the path so first we need to clean the mirror of consciousness dust of ignorance and illusion and half truths and forgetfulness of the state of being so for this the shastras the ancient scriptures the vedas the upanishads have prescribed a few things to get you going on the path the first thing is mumukshatva mumukshatva is the desire to be realized the desire to break free from bondage the desire to know your own self the deep thirst for knowledge nandain love for truth without this nothing is possible this path is not for those who don't really aspire for the truth this is not a this is not a hobby this is not for hobbies now what i mean why are we born to what great purpose you know it's not just for desire fulfillment we are born as human beings so we can in turn break the cycle of life and death it is not just to eat sleep have sex you know make babies you know and just go on the cycle of fulfilling desires and getting caught in its existence you know it's not just for that so to what great purpose you know it is to break that cycle of life and death once and for all only human beings can do that animals cannot discriminate they cannot discern they don't have the instrument to discern the truth from that which is false only humans have and this is not given so just so you can build magnificent buildings and architecture and develop technology you know we are born as human beings it's a great blessing to break the cycle of life and death once and for all know thyself and be free of the illusion of limited being so if this is not the main goal in your life this is not the main purpose of your life then you should not be here 
go on and continue the path of materialism and go back into samsara you know, creating bondage and eating the bitter fruits of your karma but if in your heart you have a true desire for completion for fulfillment for peace you know for real happiness not from objects but real happiness not pleasure and this is all you really sincerely care about and you are willing to you know spend your life thriving for this you know seeking the truth if you are mumukshu a true mumukshu truly invested into the path of self realization self inquiry then we can move on to the next principle this is the first prerequisite without the desire for fulfillment without the desire to break the cycle of life death without the true desire for freedom we have nothing so now you are one pointed in the search for freedom but just being one pointed is difficult when you have desires for the worldly objects so give them up give up you don't need to give up on the objects but only give up the desire for gaining them as soon as you own something you start worrying you start caring about its maintenance you know you start feeling anxious about losing it that object could be a wife could be a husband a son a job a car you know any object gained a new is a recipe for anxiety so what we need to give up is the sense of ownership and the pattern of desiring stop desiring temporary things temporary things give temporary pleasures but unlimited pain what happiness do you gain from temporary objects think about this if it's temporary can you really find permanent happiness with that what happiness can you gain from such objects they can never make you happy so the idea here is to develop a sense of detachment not holding on to things not grabbing on to things not being entitled in your relationships with any person or the things you own you know not having a sense of doership not having a sense of ownership this is mine i need to protect it i need to hold on to it i need to make this permanent it cannot be permanent you know if it's gained on you you will lose it eventually if not today tomorrow if not tomorrow day after you are going to separate from this object so the more you hold on to it the more pain you are in the best way to deal with this is to have a sense of detachment 
become detached unclutch don't hold on to it don't grab on to it you know what is yours today was somebody else's yesterday and it will belong to someone else tomorrow this is a cycle of life you can't own something forever you know your wife or someone else's daughter before you married her tomorrow her priorities might change she might start loving your children more than she loves you you know it doesn't matter <laughs> because then you have to separate old age sickness disease death you have to separate you cannot hold on to someone forever you know know this now what is the point of grabbing onto things not being you know able to enjoy the true essence of that this is vairagya detachment true detachment without attachments with vairagya you will find a great peace this is minimalism not true minimalism of thought in thought action and words and you own nothing mentally nothing owns you you're not bound by those objects only when you think you own them you are bound by them you're not bound by objects and the fruits they bear so so in a way vairagya or detachment is synonymous with freedom true freedom it takes us to a state of surrender surrender to the divine no it's not even important who you surrender to please understand that surrender itself is important the sense of surrendering is dropping the ego say believing or trusting that there is a higher energy than you a higher force than you surrender itself is the path and the goal it, it is truly an outpouring of all your fears anxieties emotional package and this includes your entire past everything you're holding on to nothing henceforth is in your hands you drop it drop it in the hands of the divine of that universal consciousness that divine intelligence that runs the world that divine intelligence that runs your body and your mind and the cosmos this intelligence can easily handle your baggage you know so don't carry it give up all the anxiety of the future you know become truly resigned to your fate let god be your guide your mentor your mother you know i don't know if you ever noticed how a cat carries its kitten You know, like a kitten being carried by the mother cat you are now firmly in the clutches of the divine you don't have to do anything about it she will carry you she will feed you she will take care of you you know what i mean is psychologically drop the sense of i and mine in holding on to things and surrender to the divine 
surrender to the higher intelligence, surrender to existence, surrender to your fate. What has to happen will happen. All the rivers merge into the ocean. And just like how all the rivers lead into the ocean, in the same way all souls lead into that fire of Brahman, the supreme light of Brahman, that supreme consciousness. Every karma is burnt in that divine light of consciousness. Every individual will be absorbed in that ocean of consciousness. The wave becomes the ocean. You know, never again to feel divided and limited. This is true surrender. Surrender and be as you are. Don't divide your consciousness. Everything is one. Give up the sense of individuality. Surrender absolutely. No questions asked. You know. And surrender is nothing but divine love. You know, that love where you want to melt in the arms of the beloved. Where you cannot exist a moment away from your beloved. The same way a lover of God cannot resist even a moment away. No, he truly trusts, believes in the Supreme Soul, the Supreme Self, the Divinity that rules all. Call him by whatever name, does not matter. But that Divinity rules everything, rules all. He is in the heart of all beings. He loves with all his heart. With no intention of any personal gain. You know, love. Learn to love for the sake of loving. And see that same divinity in all beings. You know, give up divisions between men. Treat everybody equally with love. You know, see the divinity in all beings, in all objects, under all circumstances. This divine love, it's called bhakti. It's nothing but self-surrender, where the mind merges into the heart, where the individual soul loses his limitations and is merged into that supreme Shiva, supreme beatitude. Know, which is your own true state and then we come to Samatva Bhava now what is Samatva Bhava? Samatva is nothing but equanimity Samatva Bhava is that principle of perfect equanimity you know looking at all things equal without the slightest ripple in the consciousness looking at things without labeling as good and bad something you like as something you don't like you know without holding or pushing things away but remaining as that pure witness perfect equanimity is itself realization and only in perfect equanimity can the true state be realized you know equanimity is that soil you know, in that perfect soil, can any seeds sprout? 
all the effort you put in seeking you know as a spiritual seeker you can only see results if you're perfectly equanimous if you're still holding on to things on the spiritual path if you're still grabbing on to things and hating things on the spiritual path then there can be no progress the only way to make progress is to be absolutely still is to be absolutely equanimous and maintain an equilibrium this is to walk the middle path not getting excited not getting dejected not holding not grabbing not letting things have this way over you but looking at all things equally with a sense of detachment with equanimity and what holds all these principles together titiksha that is forbearance without the courage to stand tall without the courage to stand alone and face any obstacles in your life to face any obstacles in your life path you cannot ever hope or dream of realization you know the strength to handle things the patience to follow the true path giving up all doubts adhering to the principles of dharma of right practice you know not getting swayed being patient every single day being focused being patient following your path and following the principles of true spirituality that is the diksha only with principles of mumukshatva vairagya bhakti samatva bhav and tetiksha can a spiritual seeker even begin his path towards self realization the principles of desire for enlightenment detachment divine love equanimity and forbearance this is the foundation you know this is the foundation for the spiritual path to walk the path with principles are most important and without these principles it is very easy to lose your way and these principles by themselves are not different from the true self the essence of all is one that itself is realization true bhakti is not a prerequisite true bhakti is the path and the goal you know giving up your own self in true love and divine love and selfless love this is not a path just a path this is a path but this is also the goal likewise with equanimity detachment the path and the goal is yoga yoga literally means coming together or communion communion of the limited with the limitless individual with god you know and there are eight limbs of yoga that progressively lead one from the base state of ignorance to total absorption 
and dissolution of the ego. And, you know, these help a seeker to purify his mind and body and vibrate at higher frequency, at a purer frequency. You know, it helps one to find balance within and to become more harmonious with yourself and with nature, with the world around you. you know, so there is lesser conflict. You know, the yamas and the niyamas. Yamas generally mean restraints. These are the rules, you know, observations, rituals that we need to follow. It helps us move deeper towards the goal. And what are the yamas? The yamas are very simple. The rules are very simple. The first one is ahimsa, non-violence. You know, freedom from harming others. Do not harm others at any cost. These are like woes that we need to take to follow the path of spirituality. You cannot be on the path of spirituality, on the path of love, the path of devotion, the path of self-realization and go on hurting other animals and other human beings and those around you. You cannot hurt, you cannot hurt Mother Earth. So the first thing is ahimsa, non-violence and just, not just non-violence with action, non-violence words, never speaking ill of others, never abusing anybody, never saying hurtful things and not just words and actions but also thought, you know, true ahimsa is not even having the thought of violence within you, never even dream of hurting anybody, never ever dream of, you know, disturbing the peace of anybody around you. So this is true ahimsa. It's absolute non-violence in thought, action and words. Then comes truth, satya. This is the second bow. Satya again is speaking truth under all circumstances. Not speaking lies. Being truthful as you think, so you should speak. And as you speak, so you should act in a perfect alignment of thought, words and action. You know, One-pointedness, no separation, no divisions, no conflicted interests here. You know, no manipulation of the mind. Life becomes so simple, so uncomplicated. You know, when you think, speak and act linear in a linear way. You don't have to worry. You know, a liar is always too aware. You know, too self-aware for his own good because he's lied to so many people. He needs to remember what lies he has told. This robs him of his peace of mind. You don't want to live that way. Speak the truth. You know, speak the truth at all times. So don't do anything that can harm anybody. If you are not doing anything that is harming anybody, troubling anybody, then you would have no problem speaking the truth. Only a liar, a cheat, a thief, a murderer, a violent person will have problems speaking the truth. A person with a pure heart, pure intentions, 
can always speak the truth without any issues so this is the second wolf and the third wolf we take is asteya is non stealing you know this goes without saying and when we say not stealing again it just means not desiring objects that belongs to others not even desiring the objects that belong to others not desiring someone else's wife you know not being jealous of someone else's job or someone else's car somebody's house somebody's lifestyle you know it is a great freedom when you're not jealous anymore when you're not comparing yourself anymore to other people so you break free of the shackles of jealousy and peer pressure you live your own life with integrity and the fourth one is brahmacharya brahmacharya it's a common term but what it generally means is being free from sexual misconduct in plain words it means just being free from sexual misconduct no no abusing anybody no misusing a female friend or a male friend whatever and not raping anybody you know things like that but brahmacharya has a deeper meaning brahmacharya means always being in brahma meditating on brahma meditating on atma the one who is always in brahman he is a brahmachari the one who is always meditating on brahman on ishvara on shiva on that supreme soul he is a true brahmachari so that is the fourth wolf and then we have aparigraha aparigraha in modern terms is very simply minimalism you know freedom from grasping not accumulating many things not holding on to things but giving up giving up giving up not carrying things not holding on not wanting more things not holding it's very simple it is aparigraha so first we have ahimsa we have satya we have asteya brahmacharya and aparigraha freedom from harming others truthfulness freedom from stealing moderation in your sexual conduct and meditating on brahman that is brahmacharya and freedom from holding from grasping or holding on to things so also patanjali's yoga sutras lists five niyamas the rules you know observance observances which apply specifically to how you conduct yourself at a more personal level so this is the first one is saucha saucha generally means cleanliness but this is not just cleanliness of body it's taking bath daily we all take bath daily we take a shower that's not good enough you know what about your surroundings you should live in a clean place how you sleep is very important where you sleep is very important you know so you need to keep the environment around you extremely clean not dirtying your environment around you as well as not dirtying your own self maintaining personal hygiene it goes without saying 
it could be dental hygiene you know it could be your hair your nails all of these things but it also encompasses an internal cleanliness you know maintaining internal cleanliness not having negative thoughts not giving rise to depression or anger or hatred you know keeping away from these these things that create problems in your personal life so the first thing is cleanliness and then we go to santosha santosha means contentment being contented with what you have so be happy with what you have simple as that don't keep desiring more things and have a sense of happiness you know to an extent happiness is a choice nobody stopping you from smiling you can smile you can be happy you can wish other people good morning good afternoon good night be happy be pleasant to be around you know have a sense of delight about you have a sense of positivity around you you know don't be a you know spiritual path is not a path of seriousness so to say it's about being sincere but this is a very important part you can be happy you can be jovial santosha means happiness and jovial being delighted you know being contented with what you have be happy with things that you already have be grateful for what you have with gratitude comes contentment if you're never grateful for the things you have you're never going to be contented and then we come to tapas tapas actually means to burn you know it is this form of self discipline adherence to your rites and rituals and to the vows that you have taken and to meditation giving the sufficient time and energy and to burn away your karma by purification this is tapas and then we come to swadhyaya swadhyaya is self study so swadhyaya sometimes also means studying scriptures but applying the scriptural injunctions to your own self you know applying the ideas you learnt in the scriptures to your own self so self study self inquiry who am i why am i here where am i going what is my true state you know how do i deal with this emotion that i'm feeling giving yourself sufficient time you know this is swadhyaya and then finally we come down to surrender surrender is synonymous with bhakti here it is called ishvara pranidhana so ishvara pranidhana is surrendering to the divine surrendering to that one force that one energy so it is important to have one you know object of meditation before you this could be a guru this could be light this could be a divine being this could be a you know a deity a god that you love any form of god that you love you know the mother god is could be shiva it could be vishnu could be jesus but ishvara pranidhana is very clear surrender to the divine but you know one point it have some form a concrete form of divinity in front of you that you can bow down to that you can surrender 
this helps and then we come down to the next topic which is asana now what is asana asana usually means sitting asana is what your body does you know when we think of asana today we think of all kinds of postures you know yogic postures where people are doing exercises but the true meaning of asana is to sit down it's to sit straight with your spine erect and your neck aligned you know in a firm posture and what do we why do we need this this is for meditation without a firm posture without a straight posture it is very difficult to meditate you know with cross legs you sit on the ground with your eyes looking straight forward and your neck erect and your back erect straight this is an asana and this is the foundation for meditation when we start going into you know the practical application of all the principles of yoga practical application for meditation for contemplation then the most important thing first and foremost is asana we need a firm asana something that you will that will hold you straight and firm we don't want to be falling off we don't want to be dozing off when you're meditating the first most important thing is asana followed by pranayama pranayama is regulating the breath you know there are three aspects of pranayama puraka rechaka and kumbhaka puraka is the incoming breath kumbhaka is the breath that is held within and rechaka is the outgoing breath these three things you know this is the cycle exactly the way we have discussed before this is the cycle of birth sustenance and dissolution this happens every moment every moment in your own body so being able to regulate through this through pranayama there are several you know kriyas pranayama kriyas that are taught but what we need to know is pranayama helps in regulating the breath and it purifies your nerves your nervous system you know which makes it easier for you to become meditative to become one pointed you know it helps you go closer to your object of meditation to have more clarity in your meditation so after asana and pranayama we come to pratyahara this is just withdrawal you know of your senses it's withdrawing the senses and going within it is during this stage that we make the conscious effort to draw our awareness away from the external world and outside stimuli you know we cultivate a sense of detachment a tangible detachment within ourselves may not detachment from our senses from the mind and we direct our attention within internally this practice of pratyahara you know with this we take a good look at ourselves this is the first step for the mind to introvert to go within this withdrawal allows us to observe our cravings our habit patterns you know we can look at our breath with pratyahara we go back and we look at our senses pratyahara means to withdraw 
and each of these stages prepare us for the next stage so the practice of pratyahara creates the setting for dharana or concentration so once we withdraw our senses what are we doing what are we focusing on and we begin to look within ourselves we begin to look at our own selves so we go into dharana practice of concentration which precedes meditation you know we learn how to slow down the thinking process by concentrating on a single object you know it could be your breath you know it could be a sensation so this is dharana with with effort you know it's focused concentration and with effort we hold on to an object of meditation and after dharana we come to dhyana you know when the mind becomes stable the mind is not being swayed by outside objects your mind is already withdrawn and your concentration has led you to a deep meditation you know the ego still remains the subject and object still remain but you're looking at the object with one point concentration this is dhyana dhyana is unbroken you know when it is broken it is pratyahara you have to bring the mind back again within and when it is more or less steady it becomes dharana you know you're streamlining your thought process you're streamlining your mind you're training your mind to look at one object but in dhyana the mind is already focused on the object it is unshaken so to say the subject remains focused on the object your awareness your witnessing consciousness is focused is focusing on the object of meditation you know one pointed meditation that is dhyana but this, there is an effort here even at a subtler level even if it is at a subtler level there is an effort as long as there is an effort it is not complete absorption this dhyana when you become one pointed but there is an effort but you are able to focus on that object and gain knowledge of that object at a very minute level at a very atomic level you are able to break down that object and you know look at it with purity this dhyana leads to savikalpa samadhi this leads to samadhi samadhi is complete absorption in the object of meditation where the subject and the object don't remain there is only one thing there is only the object of meditation you can neither say it is the object nor can you say it is the subject in this state the subject influences the object and the object influences the subject the subject and the object are one and the same you are that you are that which you meditate upon in this state the mind the difference between the mind and the self disappear as long as there is a hint of ego of individuality it is called savikalpa samadhi because the form remains the form of the ego remains the form of the object remains as long as the form of the object remains it is savikalpa samadhi savikalpa is with form vikalpa means will so as long as you are looking at the object there is a sense of i am looking at this 
and the ego remains, that is Savikalpa Samadhi. But Savikalpa loses its form when this meditation, when this Samadhi becomes effortless, when the ego disappears, when the ego is merged into the self. This is called Nirvikalpa Samadhi. In Nirvikalpa Samadhi, there is no I, there is no you, there is no object, there is no subject. There are no forms, there are no limitations, there is no sense of time and space. These things cease to exist. Nirvikalpa is that true state of being where you are free from all limitations, from modified consciousness. The consciousness expresses itself fully. You are the cosmos. You are that one. You are the universe of universes. You are no more divided. You are no more the limited self. You are that Satchitananda. You are that existence. You are that truth. You are that bliss. You are that Dhamma. You are that origin of the universe. You are like the sky of consciousness. Nothing else exists. There is only you. Without the sense of limitations, the true eye shines forth. This is Nirvikalpa Samadhi. Where all Vikalpas disappear, where the will disappears, where the intention disappears. And the origin of ego disappears. Only the self remains. This is Nirvikalpa Samadhi. This is true effortless absorption and when in your waking state at all times you live in this state in the world going about doing your actions but not in the very least being affected by them not in the very least affected by the world around you not in the very least being bothered, being shaken, being influenced by the world around you. This is called Sahaja Stiti, that natural state. Nirvikalpa Samadhi in your natural state, when this becomes natural to you, when you are going about talking to people, working with people, living in the world, as though nothing has changed externally, but internally, but internally the whole universe has changed. You are that universe. This is Sahajasthiti, the natural state, where you are as you are. There is only grace, there is only love, there is only that freedom, there is only that one God, that godliness that flows in all beings. That is beyond time, beyond space. You are that omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent, limitless, that supreme bliss. You are that shines forth. 
you are the origin of the universe you are that way unaffected by the universe by prakriti by nature by existence you are that that is sahajasthiti that is your own true state you are always that even now you are as you are all the prerequisites is for people who fail to recognize the true state their own true state in this moment know who you are know who you are right now you are that know it recognize your own self give up all doubts give up all limitations surrender to this moment you are that the word that tatvamas you are the universe i am that universe aham brahmasmi you are that brahman you are that supreme state I am Atma Brahma. I am Atma Brahma. You are that awareness. Your awareness is that true state. Your awareness is that self. Pragnanam Brahma. Know the truth of your own self in this very moment and be liberated. meditate on the sense of i am i am i am